You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. This your boy, 35, All-American. And Dan. Big, 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 big weekend. Daniel, how you feeling, baby? Yeah, I'm feeling, uh, as the kids say, Gucci. Uh, it's feeling Gucci? A, uh, Gucci. Man, you know what for, Dan. That was a, a hell of a weekend, boys, huh? Man, Sometimes you gotta put your big boy draws on and go out there, and, you know what I'm saying? Do what you gotta do. That's right. You know, I was I was surprised by the uh, the Sunday afternoon announcement. Wasn't as surprised about the announcement today uh, on Monday, but uh, I mean, talk about locking down DBU for another three or four years, huh? Yes, sir. Secondary is locked and sealed. Beautiful things going on, man. Uh, before we get into the recruiting talk, we'll get into that bag in a little bit. How y'all boys' weekend was in past week? Man, oh, was my good. weekend was great. Great. We uh it was my, my daughter's little birthday weekend. Her birthday was on the fourth, so we went down to Kissimmee, uh, celebrated a little bit with in uh uh timeshare, whatnot, man. And uh nice. Got a cracking down there. And, hey, uh so by the way, we was in that lazy river. It's no lazy river like the one we went at at, at Aquatica. Oh no, that bro, was the one that, bro. No. Bro, I was expecting the Aquatica Lazy River, bro, and I got in there and, and was was upset, bro, because I almost had to swim around the Lazy River. Whereas at at Aquatica, man, that, that thing was pushing us around. Yeah, it was Florida. I checked this out. Go to Volcano Bay. They have two of them. So they got the Wild Lazy River and then yeah. the regular Lazy River. That wild one, dog. My wife almost lost her in there. I feel like I feel like that's where I belong in the Wild Lazy River. No, listen, bro. I, you got to be about to wits, Dan. You got to be about to wits. I had a high standard. I'm always about my wits. I'm always about my wits. My wife got on this water slide, bro, and we have been begging her to get on for like two days, me and my daughter. Man, she finally got on, bro, and she was like, yeah, that's it. Like, she made every excuse in the world not to get on again, and I'm like, just come on one more time. She's like, nah. You're talking about the water slide, right? Yeah, the water. she wants she to get on that water slide no more, bro. That's water slide is not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vibes on the water slide was crazy. That's what good. Did, yeah, what you had this weekend? A relaxing weekend. A lot of work uh, catching up on that. Was not out on the boat this weekend, boys. Uh, but other than that, just kind of a relaxing weekend. Got a busy uh, couple weekends potentially coming up and uh, just trying to relax a bit. So um, not much, man. I mean, just kind of hung out, to be honest with you. Just kind of relaxed. That ain't bad, man. Getting closer, the closer you get to football season, you kind of get in that mode, man, of, of staying home on weekends. So you yeah, just you know, keeping my keeping my batteries charged up a little bit. Uh, since football season and all is going to happen now, I want to uh, make sure that I'm rocking and raring to go. Um, but man, it was a uh, hell of, like I said, a hell of a Sunday. I got some trolls off. It's been a while since I've been able to have some time on the internet like that. Likewise, uh, so, yeah. you know. You know what? It's always good. You know, Will Muschamp said it when uh, when Florida beat Tennessee, uh, how great it was to to look out and see all the, the the disappointed faces out there and how much he loved it. I feel the same way about Miami. 
Uh, there's just something about Miami fans and Tennessee fans. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the AP poll, like, or the, uh, the coaches poll that came out. But, man, I was able to get some good trolls off this weekend and, and last week. I'm pretty proud of myself since last show, boys. Yeah, I, I give myself about an eight. I've had better okay. days, but I had a I had a pretty productive day. I made a lot of people mad. Um, for the most part, I can't I can't complain at all. I had a good week past week. A lot of spent a lot of time at our Orlando studio, the Big Three Roll Up studio that we have in Orlando, just getting that prepared, and just pretty no, no leisure time. I'm all business until that place is put together, man. So that's just gonna be my update every week, you know. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to definitely want to head over there sometime soon. Uh, so let me know the next time you're coming up and I'll, uh, I'll try to get yeah, over there sure. um, and try to check it out. Cause you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching many a football game there. Absolutely. I and I'll, bring, I'll even bring over a bottle of uh, a Buffalo trace. I was able to get to the store a couple weeks ago, was able to buy them out of a couple of bottles kind of behind the counter, one limit per customer. They gave me four. So we'll bequeath a bottle uh-huh. to the Kush house, you know? Okay, Dan. Bring the buff. Don't bring the buffaloes. No, just the buffalo trace. Yeah, got yeah. You, no got buffalo, you, got you, got trace. you. Uh, who was who was in? Somebody was recent. Oh, it was Annie? Annie was recently in Wyoming. That's wild, bro. Yeah. Oh, like, shout out, shout out to Annie. Big Wyoming vibes. Did somebody uh, post some 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 buffaloes up by like Gainesville last year or something? I don't know, but if there are, then I got to go find them so I can post them. Somewhere in North Florida, I believe. I don't know. Oh, are you thinking of the picture that I posted earlier today of the mountains near Lake City? No, not that, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> nah, somebody said like this. I seen like an early morning foggy picture. It was like some buffaloes or something. I was like, I did not know there were buffaloes in Florida like that. I thought. I think it's just the white buffalo, which is a bar in Gainesville. On oh, a beautiful place. A beautiful place. Beautiful place. <laughs> All right, in there, bro. <laughs> yeah, big, big vibes at the White Buffalo. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful vibes. Big, beautiful vibes. All right, boys, let's get into the show. A lot of stuff to talk about. We got a big show. Uh, former Gator coming on the show. Uh, we got Steve Wolf on coming on the show, too. Uh, as always, the show is handled by the Thomas Firm, or sponsored by the Thomas Firm, which is going to handle all of your insurance claims for property damage to your home or business. Uh, their lawyers have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage. Uh, and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. They're going to do work all over the state of Florida, and no claim is too big or too small. So if you suspect that you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Firm a call for a free consultation to ensure that your insurance company pays what you are owed for the complete repair of your home. There's no charge unless they recover what you're owed from the insurance company. Give them a call at 813-221-2525. That's tntattorneys.com, 813 813- Two two one two five two five, and that's the Thomas firm. All right, boys, let's get into the Gator news, and we'll get into some recruiting news. Uh, Gators number eight in the USA Today coaches poll. Uh, the top ten goes in this order: Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Penn State, Florida, Oregon, and Notre Dame. What do you guys think of the uh, the eight spot? I'm fine there. Only person that's ahead of us uh, that's a little disrespectful is Penn State. That's it. Yeah. But everybody else, I can, I can see what they what they going at with that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at eight, Dan. Yeah. Good spot I'm, to be at. 
I'm good with the number eight. I don't necessarily love some of the teams that are ahead. Um, I think LSU is replacing a lot. Um, I understand they're the defending national champions, and I know that they've recruited well, uh, but they're installing a new quarterback, new running back, You know, a lot of new uh, pieces. They still do have some dynamic weapons like Jamar Chase. Um, I do think five might be a little high. Don't necessarily know if I put the Gators in front of them or not. Um, but yeah, Penn State seems a little high at seven. I think that Florida, in my opinion, should have been in that six or seven spot. But I can't argue that any team that's ahead of Florida, besides Penn State, should not be ahead of Florida. But um, of the Florida teams, you have Florida at number eight, and then you have UCF at number twenty-one. Uh, Tennessee or uh, Miami uh, and Florida State were not ranked. Uh, as well as Tennessee, also one of Florida's big rivals, unranked this season as well. So Gators like, coming in at number eight. I like us at number eight. You know, There's not a lot of pressure at number eight. If we was anything higher, of course, I'm going to uh, shoot braggadocious tweets about being anywhere in the top five and all that. But eight is a good spot to kind of just vibe on the outside of the top five, win, stay around the area, and – yeah. Just win games, man. You know, we, stay we, low key. We, we have around, we, we have around this eight, seven, six spot. You know, and right. games. You know, we're in the SEC, so uh, you know we, we we got a lot of lot of strength in our schedule, and um, you know, the games hold weight. So, man, we hover around this, man. We can we can creep into that, that to that four spot. Top four Absolutely, games. Florida does play. Um, excluding a potential SEC championship game uh, against Alabama, uh, would play the number four team, Georgia, the number five team, LSU. Uh, they also play the number 13 team, and we're going to talk about the new schedule here in a second, Texas A&M. They also play – that's it. So those are their top uh, – they have four teams in the top uh, top 25 that are listed there uh, right now. Tennessee's just outside of the top 25. Kentucky's not far outside of the top 25 uh, either. So a pretty rough, uh, pretty tough schedule for the Gators as always. Uh, but, again, the Gators sit number eight. And, you know, the chance is that if they, you know, do well, um, there's no reason that they can't continue to climb those uh, those rankings. So shout out to them. Um, with that being said, the SEC did announce uh, last week the addition of two uh, additional games uh, for uh, the Florida Gators. They will be traveling to College Station to play uh, Texas A&M and, or, uh, pardon me, and Arkansas and Felipe mm -hmm. Franks are going to come to Gainesville. So they have moved. I think we announced this at the last show uh, that they've moved to a 10-team uh, only SEC schedule for the year. Uh, Florida's going to play their traditional schedule that they were already going to play, uh, which includes playing Ole Miss, uh, and they are adding um, uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas to that list. Uh, any thoughts, boys? I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of laughing at the tweets they was getting off about Felipe uh, coming into the swamp and going pick. So um, I, I was there for the vibes a little bit. I got a few laughs out of that, but it's gonna be dope, man, to have him back in the stadium and see what he can do. You know, see if he if he was chopped up to to, to play in the SEC because I mean it's kind of rough here for him. So. Frank's is my guy. I hate it had to be him, bro. Yeah. I really do. But um, this pass rush, this defense allowed allowed swamp. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't expect a good game out of Frank's that game. Yeah, be, he probably get some good numbers because they're gonna be playing from behind a lot this season. So he'll get some production just from them losing all the time. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> they just be playing catch up, man. Uh, I'm, every other game, I'm rooting for Frank's. This one, yeah, I hope it's a forty burger. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't think Arkansas is going to be very good this year. Arkansas is tr- you know traditionally you know they beat Florida a few years ago. We played them in the SEC championship a bit before that. You know Florida's always played Arkansas decently well, uh, but you know I'm curious to see how Franks does at Arkansas. Uh, I was kind of surprised with the pick. I mean I'm not sure what his options you know completely were, uh, but with Arkansas installing a new uh, coach. Um, didn't recruit well, doesn't have a, you know, not chock really full of talent and obviously playing a very, very tough SEC West. I don't see Felipe Franks and that Arkansas team really mustering a, a great, uh, great year ahead of themselves. I, I wish the best Felipe Franks. And I think that he'll show that he could be a potential NFL quarterback. Uh, but man, I think that they're in for a rough ride there in, uh, in Fayetteville, you know, I don't know their, their whole schedule, but, but man, their schedule looks tough. I see them maybe as like a, a one and nine, a two and eight team over there in Arkansas. Yeah, I saw this schedule, man. It's pretty, it's pretty rough for them boys over there. So, but I did see that Sam Pittman, the uh, the head coach of Arkansas, tweeted that he wants to play this season. And if hell, if the head coach of Arkansas wants to play football this season, then we shouldn't be one to stop him. You know. There you go. Yeah, we got to keep it going, man. I think these kids are safer. Playing football, they're out in the streets, being monitored and tested, and all that stuff. I think I don't I don't see a reason why they couldn't go play. Like it, like some things just not making sense. I understand there's some like health risk and whatnot, but I mean this whole game is health risk. Yeah, this is a. I just think that they they really want to just you know uh, you know just make sure they they, they cover their ass if something happened, bro. Because you know they're gonna they're gonna be held liable. Yeah, I think they, it's just you know, that's what I think it is. I mean, they held liable when somebody get paralyzed. Yeah, that's true. There, there's a lot of things that that I don't think are being completely talked about. Uh, I don't think either side of the equation is is really handling it well. I don't think that there's a large contingent of sports writers and people trying to keep sports from being played. On the same token, I do think that there, you know, needs to be some some deeper discussions about the issues that we do have at hand. And and I don't know if this is completely just a COVID related issue. There's obviously a lot of issues with liability. There's a lot of issues with how our students treated differently. Uh, on student, you know, on uh, campuses where, you know, they might be forced to be there while normal students are. At the end of the day, I think what we're saying is a complete shifting of the tide. Uh, and I think it's a lot happening to college and university administrators. And I'm not saying that this is a conspiracy theory that they're trying to stop, you know, sports from, you know, potentially, you know, growing into more in terms of, you know, what is their responsibility to potentially pay them? And, you know, is the jig up now that they're not just student athletes? So I think that there's a lot to, to consider here. Um, I think if it is a COVID-related issue and a COVID-related issue only, then I don't understand. Um, you know, these students are in a better position on university campuses with access to better food, to better uh, to better medical professionals, you know, and if they're following the same standards that, you know, your conference set forth and you are set forth by your medical personnel and medical directors, then they should be able to play. Um, but the chances of them potentially going back and, you know, Rick Wells tweeted about going back to Jacksonville and Jacob Copeland tweeted about going back home. And, you know, what kind of risk are these students being put themselves in, uh, you know, if they're not playing football, right? And, and, you know, you take the students, you know, on campus outside of that circumstance and you think about those, you know, most of these kids don't necessarily come from the 
greatest, you know, facilities when it comes to healthcare or uh, homes when it comes to healthcare or food or, or access to certain things that these kids are probably a lot more safer uh, in Gainesville and in some of these cities. But you guys know that a lot of this has to do with, with legal issues and, you know, there might be some, some deeper issues too. So I'm curious to see how this all uh, plays out over the next couple of days. Cause there's definitely schools uh, that don't want, um, you know, games canceled and then sports canceled. And it seems like there is a large, I think, I think they're avoiding a conversation about like comp- compensation. Right. I think that's, that's, I think the NCAA or the colleges, the presidents care more about that than I'm not buying the health stuff. They, they, they haven't right. really cared that much about these kids health ever. They've never yeah, cared. About yeah. No, so all it, of a sudden they care. No. Yeah. No. It, it is a lot deeper than that. And I, and I think that you, you bring up a great point and, and I'm going to say it here, not that he listens, but um, you know, I think that Mark Emmert and the NCAA have done an absolutely atrocious job. You know, he, he's a w- interesting and weird dude. Um, and he probably won't come back on the show, but Brooks Mecklor came onto the show, you know, eight months ago, nine months ago and talked about the NCAA and not really having any power or control over what their member bodies or, or member institutions are doing. And I think that we're seeing that the NCAA really has no teeth, no ability to do anything because the fact that, you have all of these different conferences with all these different standards uh, and protocols and what that they're doing. And the NCAA has done nothing over the last eight months or uh, last six months to say to, to put, you know, a position for, for athletics to, to be played uh, this season is baffling. Um, the fact that they've, you know, shown their face and they're not doing anything about it. And, you know, if sports gets canceled, you know, for another season or another, even half of a season, you're going to have colleges going bankrupt. You're definitely, or, you know, potentially in serious financial disarray, you're going to have athletic departments going bankrupt. And more importantly than that, you're going to have a lot of cities that are going to really, really struggle. A lot of these college towns and a lot of it, in my opinion, has to do with the fact of a lack of direction from the NCAA and their, the governing body of, uh, of college football and college sports. That's my soapbox. Most definitely. Um, you know, I mean, like we talked about, like Starksville, Oxford, Mississippi, you know, even Gainesville, man. These, these little towns rely on mm-hmm. um, these people coming in and staying at these hotels and, and, and buying food at the restaurants. And, you know, so it's going to be interesting, man. And, you know, they mess around and sit it out again for another spring as well, mm-hmm. man. That's, you know, that's too like no, 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 They got to make an attempt. They can't, like, yeah. you don't know when. We don't can't predict the future with this this virus. So what if mm-hmm. it, it's here to stay? Yeah, then bro. what? Then, then football's over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got you got to kind of move and well, function, and well, then we, we'll learn the new norm. Like, we got to go through this and ex- go through the experience. It's gonna be some failed stuff. It's gonna be some good stuff, but they can't just shut it down. You know, they got to they got to attempt and try. If not, makes, they're gonna be guessing all next year. Like, they, they're it not makes gonna know what to no do sense. Of course, sorry, interrupt. It makes no it sense does. to go this far and work this hard to give up before trying anything. Right. Yeah. We're not seeing huge not, spikes I, in I, cases I on college campuses from, you know, the student athletes or anybody else that are in these, you know, protected kind of environments. So I don't know what happened between all of these conferences announcing their schedules last week and all of a sudden on Sunday or Monday, you know, the world completely falling apart and saying, oh, we're going to have to cancel football for the year. Right. Oh, oh. I mean, this don't make sense to me. 
it, it, it doesn't. And there's got to be, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. But all right, boys. Well, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna watch that. We're gonna pay attention to that. Uh, you know, we're we're all praying and hoping that that football happens. But we got some big recruiting news. Uh, this segment is sponsored by our friends over at Roof Soldier. A uh, big shout out to Roof Soldier, uh, who's staying on as a sponsor. Really excited for them, and they're really appreciative of the support uh, that you guys have shown them. So, Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you've experienced any recent roof leaks or damage or simply want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection as we head into the summer months of what we expect to be a very active hurricane season, contact Roof Soldier today to schedule an inspection. Roof Soldier handles all roofs all over the state of Florida and no roof repair or replacement is too big or too small. So give them a call at one eight seven seven roofs fl or go to their website, RoofSoldier.com. Again, that's RoofSoldier, one eight seven seven roofs fl all right, boys, big news, big, big news. On Sunday afternoon, probably around 5 o'clock or so, six foot, 280-pound cornerback from Miami Palmetto High School, Jason Marshall, shocked everybody, shocked all the experts, shocked Steve Wilfong, who we're going to have on a little bit later, had a 91.7 crystal ball uh, rating to commit to the University of Miami, spurns a couple of his teammates, including Leonard Taylor, decides to announce for the Florida Gators. That's a big get, boys. Big boy get in, in, in the secondary, man. Uh, some five-star action. Uh, a, a big need. This kid can do it all, man. Uh, they, no matter. They may drop him a little bit in the rankings because, you know, that's how they do when, when we get commits. But at the end of the day, this kid's going to be a five-star when they do the, five, the final rankings in, in the top 38 kids of five-stars. He's going to be in that bunch. Elite kid, man. Real special. We we just gonna sit and vibe. Leonard Taylor, we right here. We ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I should have said that. 247 has him ranked as the 29th overall uh player, the number two cornerback in the country, and the number seven player in Florida, according to their composite rankings. Ahmad, were you able to check out anything on Jason Marshall? Yeah, I definitely checked him out, man. Great ball skills. Um, and that's what we talk about when Absolutely. you know we, we talk about great, great DBs, man. It's um, how well you can get get to the ball and, and make plays at the ball. Um, you know, the old stigma was, you know, uh, uh, DBs are wide receivers that can't catch. Well, that should change. You know, we here. Mm-hmm. And we, we the real DBU. I don't know what everybody else talk about. You know, people putting up uh, they the DBU and they put up NFL stats. I don't know how that goes. But, you know, <laughs> we, we here to stay, man. We, uh, you know, we, you know, we reload. So I'm excited to see what, what the future has ahead of us. Absolutely. So, and I, I don't even like to say we beat Miami on that one because it came down. I think we beat Alabama. That's yeah. Not, yeah, that's a bigger flex. Like, yeah, beating man, we supposed to beat him. Whatever, mm-hmm. but I think them uh, beating Bama for a guy that was high on Bama's board, man, that's uh, impressive. Man, shout out to Larry English and everybody involved in the whole situation. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they recruited him recruited really well. I think a lot of people have written him off. Uh, I think the only reason, for, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to go there uh, to Miami. Uh, there was some trending that he was going to go to Miami simply because Brashard Smith, Leonard Taylor, uh, and there was just some some discussion. You know, the Pal- Miami Palmetto guys might be all headed down to Miami. Uh, but Jason Marshall, uh, by no stretch of the imagination, uh, was a very, very, very high target for University of Alabama and really for any country or any team in the country. Uh, Jason Marshall is going to be about as physical, uh, in my opinion, opinion of a cornerback uh, that you're going to get lanky um, really like what his body can uh, can build into uh, like you said Ahmad has great ball skills uh, has great you know I think closing speed uh, 
but you know, plays elite talent and plays elite against elite talent, right? So those are the kind of players that you want. And that's those are your program changing type of guys, right? You know, we've talked about it on this podcast, we've talked about it, you know, off the show is you know, Florida needs to land those elite prospects that all of the big guys are going after, right? You you need to win head to head against Alabama, Georgia, LSU you know, your in-state rivals. And to get a guy like Jason Marshall, you know, he's one of those guys that other people want to play with as well. So uh, that's right. a huge get for, like you said, for Larry English, uh, for the uh, the support staff uh, and the hard work that they did uh, to get his and, and secure his commitment when a lot of people had written him off down in Miami. So a big shout out to him. So Jason Marshall, five-star, uh, has committed to the Florida Gators uh, on Sunday. Uh, on Monday at about 3 o'clock, it was supposed to be 1.30, then 2 o'clock, and then 3 o'clock. Um, Four-star, uh, six-foot, 270-pound safety, also from Miami Palmetto, Corey Collier. Uh, announced that he was going to be committing to the University of Florida. Uh, Florida beat out uh, a number of schools, including LSU, uh, for uh, for his commitment. He is a legacy of Florida State University, and so to uh, to see Florida secure a uh, a commitment from the number three overall ranked safety according to that two four seven composite. I think Rivals has him ranked the number one safety and a five star in there um, on their ranking. So, uh, but big shout out to uh, to Corey Collier, uh, the second of the uh, Miami Palmetto guys that are committing to Florida. Uh, guys, have any thoughts uh, there? Well, shout out to Corey Collier. He's a uh, I- I don't think he has the ball skills like like I would say or um or the right. physical skills that yeah. as um kind of just threw me off a little bit. He'll have my the bad, uh, my bad, bro. Nah, you cool. But um he's a good get. Big yep. kid. Uh we need to say like I said, safety's a huge need. Dad played at Florida State, great genetics. Uh out of the out of the five that's at Palmetto, I think we got the two that can flip the other two. Um, I like I like our two guys. They didn't go with the momentum and jump on that whole wave. I like for Miami to have a shitty season and, and us poach those other guys back over to the good side. Yeah, one of the I was definitely th- definitely thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, two guys that we got. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's easy. You you with these guys every day. You know, and we don't know what's going on when, when these guys are at school or you know at practice or you know whatever the case may be and what they talk about through text and their group messages and whatnot. So. Um, you know, from kind of from experience, because we had seven guys come from uh, Lakeland when we came. You know, we we always talked about you know what what is going to be like to be on the same team again. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's kind of hard to just you know have success and whatnot, and um, and, and then not want to play with each other and, and have it all come to an end right now. So um, it's going to be interesting, man. Especially like Silk Saban when Miami be you have a shitty season, guys going to want to flip. Absolutely, I just love the way that this. Uh... DB room is is starting to uh, to con- continue to grow. Uh, oh, it's passing by some people. Yeah, and the train go past some people still. I'm telling you, boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love I love what we see there. Um, you know, starting with you know the guys that are going to be sophomores. Uh, you know, this year, um, you know, you have Kyer Elam, who I think is going to be potentially a uh, you know an All American. Uh, you know, you have Jaden Hill, Chester Kimbrough. Uh, you know, guys that are starting to, you know, mold and move into their career. Then you these two dudes are big dudes. These are Bama LSU defensive yeah. backs. Like these ain't these ain't no small defensive backs. These are big dudes, man. Absolutely. From a and physical standpoint, add, they, we got we got some impressive guys, man. Absolutely. Then you add in Jahari Rogers, who I think, you know, once he has right. a, you know, a, a, a 
a little bit of time. I mean, I think that he's probably one of your most athletic players that Florida's had in a long time in that defensive backfield. Um, that's not taken away from any of the guys there, but I think that he's he's that Joe Hayden type, right? He was a quarterback uh, at his high school, but just I mean, when he played at the uh, the I think it was the Under Armour game or the the Army All American game. I mean, he just showed you what he could potentially be, and you know, a guy like Torin Gray coaching him up for a year or two. I think that he's going to be great. You know, Ethan Pounce, he's a six foot one guy. Um, you know, Rashard Torrance is a six foot, 195 pound big hitter. You know, he's coming in. You know, don't forget about our boy Trevez Johnson, who I think is just going to have a dynamic uh, career at Florida. And you add in some of these guys. Now, all of a sudden, your DB room that was strong is, is even stronger, right? You have Jason Marshall, you have Corey Collier uh, already committed. You have Kamar Wilcoxon, who's coming in, uh, you know, who who announced that he's going to be coming in uh, here in the um, uh, this season in August, right? So uh, you have Donovan McMillan, who I think is a is a big hitter. You have Jordan Young, who um, we've talked about, we we think is a, is a really solid player. And I know Florida had Ryan Kiley, and then Dakota Mitchell, right? You have a lot of these players that are really coming in. They're big, they're strong, they're you know they they still have frames that you can grow into. I mean, you're talking about a DBU room that. I mean, you're talking about some some real solid potential there, Amon. Yeah, I mean, the names you just you just listed is just it almost gave me flashbacks to some of the great secondaries that we had in the past, and I know that that those guys that you just named could definitely be um, you know the same level, if not greater than than you know the guys in the past that that's been great, man. It's just um, you know you got to just trust the process and, and know that, um, like we always say, if you come to the University of Florida, you have a opportunity. To, to make an NFL roster or possibly um, contend to, to, to be on an NFL roster. Now, now we're not saying you're going to play for 10 years, mm-hmm. but we're going to have an opportunity, you know, and, and you know, that's what we, we, we keep striving to, to, to continue that legacy. And um, I think we're doing a great job at it. Absolutely. All right, boys, we are. Real going- quick, real quick, real quick right. update. Right now we have the number two class on rivals mm-hmm. and the number six uh, composite class on two, four, seven sports. So before you guys fire any more of the staff, man, um, just let it all play out. Just vibe. I think we're in a good position. I said this like a month ago. I still feel the same same way. We're in a good position. The games get played. It's going to get even sweeter. Absolutely. I don't know if you guys saw uh, that uh, ESPN came out with their FPI rankings today, and they had Miami as a four and uh, a four and six team again this season. So uh, I'm here for, uh, for all of that. Yeah, kind of stuff. You just let it play out, baby. <laughs> All right, boys. We're going to get into some recruiting talk a little bit later when we get Steve Wilfong on the show. Uh, But before we do that, let's get a a former Gator great, uh, his position on the uh, the line. Let's chop it up about his time at UF and uh, looking forward to it. So let's get Shane Edge on the the horn. Let's go. Shane Edge's interview is brought to us by our friends over at Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates. He's going to handle all your auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfightourbattle.com. Again, that's Lee Friedland. Uh, at 1-800-95-INJURED in yourfightourbattle.com. Again, auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases. Give Lee Friedland a call. Let's get Shane on the line. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is a four-time honorable mention All-American, 
a two-time All-SEC, our second-team All-SEC player and three-time SEC champion, punter Shane Edge. Shane, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Shane, uh, excited to have you on. Wanted to uh, to talk, as we talk about with all the former players that we've had on the show, how did you ultimately end up at the University of Florida? Uh, well, you know, I was at Columbia High School right up the road, uh, Coach Spurrier, and, and uh, Florida was really not very good at punting. And uh, I wasn't necessarily a punter coming out of high school. I played quarterback and free safety, and uh, I punted and kicked, but that's because nobody else could do it. Um, but I knew that there was no chance for me to go to the NFL playing quarterback or free safety or whatever. So, uh, and, and like I said, Florida was absolutely terrible. I can remember them playing Auburn down in Gainesville in, in uh, 90. And uh, on the, the north end zone was still being built. And I could see the screen over there said 25-yarder uh, after Arden Krzyzewski punted the ball. I said, if I can't <laughs> punt there, I don't need to go anywhere else. <laughs> I love it, man. So you ended up committing to the University of Florida early on in Steve Spurrier's career. Um, as a guy that um, you know didn't necessarily love to, to punt the football and was part of that fun and gun offense, what was it like uh, being a punter in the, uh, in the heydays of the Florida Gators offense? Well, I had a lot of fun watching ball games. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I did hold, uh, so we had a lot of chance to go out there and kick some extra points and field goals. Uh, but uh, – but yeah, real quick story. When I was being recruited by Coach Spurrier, Jamie Speronis was a recruiting coordinator at the time. And um, we went up to uh, Jan's office and we're waiting to go to speak to Coach. And it's taken a while. And Jamie kind of peeks his head in there and says, Hey, Coach, uh, we got Shane Edge here, you know, the punter from Columbia. And he said, We don't need to punt much. Why are you here? <laughs> so, so, and it's true, we didn't punt a lot. So we, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun with Coach Spurrier because I think he's one of the best coach offensive minds in the world. So um, we had a lot of 70-point games at the time, and uh, we didn't lose very much, which is always a good time. I love it, man. So I love it. So talk to us a little bit about your experience. Obviously, um, you know, you were there, as we talked about, during the heyday of, you know, kind of Florida's, you know, I guess rebirth of, you know, Steve Spurrier's offense, and you were there for, for three SEC championships and really the start of – um, you know, Florida dominating. What was it? What did you notice? You know, during your four years, as as you know, Florida continued to rise to prominence and you know get a lot more attention, certainly than you know when you initially committed there. Uh, you know, back in the early '90s, and you know how perception might have changed in those four years. Yeah, just the confidence Coach Spurrier instilled in all the players. Um, you know, everybody knew once they walked on the field that we had a chance to win the ball game, and and generally we did. But what really turned us around as far as a team is when we got Rich Tootin, the strength coach. Um, he, he made everybody accountable. Everybody knew when I stepped on the field, I went through the same workout, did the exact same thing that they did. So they had the confidence in me as I did them that we put the work in, we know what it takes to win championships, and that's what we did. And we had the coaches to do it also. I mean, all the coaches were, were really good. You know, the offensive line coach, defensive line coach, Coach Red, Coach Strong was there at the time. We just had so many good quality coaches. And with Coach Sprayer leading us in the right direction, that's what it was. And, and, and like I said, the strength coach was key because he put everybody in a situation where they're going to get stronger. A lot like what Savage is doing now. You know, people don't understand yeah. that. When you have a coach like Savage getting everybody ready to play and having everybody get stronger, and quicker and faster, 
that's what it takes. And if you can, as an athlete, when you come in, if you get bigger, stronger each year, you're going to have a chance to win ball games. And that's what they did. And with an offensive mind like Coach Spurrier, it didn't matter. We, we were going to win most of the games anyway. But that strength and that conditioning and all that got us through to win the championships. What was it like uh, pressure-wise? Is it the same pressure as like a field goal kicker? Did you get the, do you get the same type of treatment from the players if you shank a punt? Like what was that like in the locker room? No, still got in shank too many punts now. Come on now. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad because you know um, when I when I first started, Arden was the kicker, um, so he you know he did very good. But uh, my first year, I came in and I did fairly well. I was all SEC the first year, and they kind of got that confidence in me. So they knew that I was going to go out and do a pretty good job. Now, when Judd Davis started kicking, um, we went through a little stretch with um, Bart Edmiston, who was the number one kicker in the country. He didn't do uh, such a great job, so that gave Judd the opportunity to come in and play. So when he came in and played, we both did very well. Judd was a Luke Rozo Award in 93, uh, best kicker in the country. And and I you know, I like to talk think I get better as the years goes on, so – I would think that Judd and I was one of the better kicking and punter combinations in the country. So um, you know, they, we always kidded each other. We all, whether we had a bad game or if we had a great game, we always had fun and stayed loose. I think that's why we were as good as we were because, you know, we just went went out and had fun, did our job, and at the end of the day, if you do that, there everybody's going to have confidence in you. Where are kickers at in the hierarchy in the female department? Around campus. <laughs> well, no, I don't know about kickers because kickers are sissies. Now, you know, punters are athletes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I didn't mean to call you a kicker. That's a, that's, yeah, that's a yeah. difference, right? Oh, it's a huge difference. Punters are athletes. <laughs> kickers are sissies. But um, I would tell you they're in the upper echelon. How about that? <laughs> okay. I like it. So what's your uh, favorite game in the swamp? Favorite game in the swamp? I actually have two. We, we played Florida State in 91. We won 14 to nine. That was the loudest I've ever heard it. Uh, it was one of the best games that we've had. That's when uh, Brad Culpepper, um, Tony McCoy, uh, all those guys, they lit uh, Casey Weldon up. They they beat him. And of course, Eric Rett had a great game. Shane had a great game. But that was one of my favorite games. And then um, when we played Tennessee that same year in 91, um, we beat them in, in – uh, that was a good game. The reason I like that game is because I averaged 54 yards a punt on four punts. So that was a pretty good game. Okay. <laughs> but the favorite, my favorite is... game – yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Continue, continue. I thought no, I was going to say my favorite game ever is the 93 championship game, uh, SEC championship game. Okay. We're in Alabama. Uh, it's, you know, third, middle of third quarter. It's fourth and – I think it's fourth and 13. And uh, – there was a little bit of a high snap, and I took off around the corner and, and uh, fake punt, uh, ran for 22, 23 yards, got hit, got laid out. I mean, old, old boy hit me pretty good, but I didn't feel anything. I was so jacked up, and uh, I was I was laid on the ground. I'm looking at nice. him on me, and, and I told him, I said, we're about to kick y'all's ass. And, uh, <laughs> the very next play, Terry Dean hit Jack Jackson for a 50-yard touchdown, and we won the game. Let's go. Okay, so so yeah, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that, uh, Shane. I play for Urban, and uh, I, I kid you not, I swear, we started practice with with punt team, and you know every single practice, 
we practiced a fake punt. And he <laughs> said, we, we, we don't know when we're going to use it. And we don't need it until we need it. And we're, you know, we're running all year and then use it in the SEC championship. So my next question um, to you was, how many fake punts did you get to run? I ran, actually, there was, there were one, one that was called and that was in 90, 93 against Florida State. And uh, all week in practice, I had thrown the ball to Dale Spear. He was one of the defensive backs at the time, but he was on punt team. Of course, we played special teams, starters played special teams, but um, all week in practice practice and throwing it to Dale. There's no question it's going to be a first down, may even be a touchdown. Uh, for some idiotic reason, some dumbass reason, I uh, fake punt, I threw it to the other guy on the right side when Dale, of course, was wide open. But uh, fortunately, they, they, uh, it was pass interference. Uh, we got the first down anyway. But, uh, yeah, that, I, I ran that. And then the one in the SEC championship game was not called. Um, Coach Spurrier told me after the game, he said, I went to the media guy, and they kept asking me, was that called? Was that called? He told me, yeah, I called it. Made me look smarter. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> It was your call? Yeah, it was my call. It, earlier okay. in the game, there was a there was, it was, guy was close to blocking the punt, and I said to myself, if it's close, I'm going to tuck it and run. And it wasn't too bad, but it was high and right. And I took off around the corner and got the first down. Hell, I wanted to score. I was trying to score a touchdown. I cut back in the middle. That's when I got lit up. But um, I did that against them. And then LSU um, in the swamp, I ran uh, first down. So I, w- I was two for three. Yeah, I didn't know the flexibility of that because I know Dan Mullen gave our punter this past season that, that – uh kind of that same option that like if he see it, he can go. Yeah. And uh, I think and we can nearly gave Silk an, an aneurysm. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Definitely <laughs> I wish, I wish I'd have had the wherewithal to, or the, the, I wish that coach would have told us, Hey, do it whenever you want to do it. Because I would have done it every game. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so when we, when we, when we played, we had something called rocket. All right. And uh-huh. it's, it's basically like the, rug, the rugby style kick. Right. All right. Yeah, so Chad Chaz had the opportunity to either kick it or run it. And we well, Rocket was to kick it, and the Rocket option was to kick it or run it. What we call uh we call Rocket against Hawaii on fourth and seventeen in two thousand eight. Uh-huh. And freaking Chaz ran it and got eighteen yards. <laughs> That's pretty, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, he got 18 yards, and Urban was like, boy, oh boy. Like it was early in the game too, dude. It was, it was yeah. like the beginning of the game, bro. And that's when Hawaii was coming off their like eleven and one or twelve and zero season, man. They were trying yeah, to bro, so that, good. You know? Now that kind of yeah, bit us good. in the butt earlier, early, early last season, correct? It sure did. Yeah. No, well, actually, the first one we, the first one we converted, right? Against Miami, yeah. Yeah, the first Miami, one against Miami we did, and then a couple games later, Townsend made a, a, a an interesting choice yeah, on our side of the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of question that? that. I forgot what game that was. I forgot what game it was, but it was early. <laughs> So, but yeah, I was worrying about that. I was thinking, what the heck is he doing? I knew it wasn't called, but if he had the, you know, option of taking it himself, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, Shane, so uh, talk about a little bit, uh, you know, because I played on punk block um, as well as, as punk team at UF. Um, and I played a little bit in the, in the league as well. But talk about how devastating it is um, when when a punt team, uh, or I'm sorry, punt block team blocks a punt. It's terrible. I only it's, had it's, one in my career. It, it sucks. And it's awful, right? 
Oh, it's terrible. It, but but that's the biggest game changer aside from a kickoff return or punt return for a touchdown, something like that. Right, but right. When, when you do that, hell, you're usually punting on your side of the field anyway. So field position is key. So we right. uh, we was actually technically the SEC championship winning game against Kentucky my freshman year. We were back on the probably 10-yard line, and guy came through. He got He was untouched. I guess they missed an assignment. Blocked the punt, and I'm just thinking, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Um, and that they actually went on a little bit of run. I think scored 10 points, and uh, we ended up pulling away at the end. But that's the worst feeling in the world. You get a punt block, yeah. you don't know where it's at, you don't know where you know where the ball is going. Yeah. It sucks. Yep. Yeah. But but yeah, like every, I said, it's every, one of the biggest game changers you can have. Yeah. Every, whenever anything got close, Urban was just he would freak out. Oh yeah, it's no way that yeah, it's no way anyone should get close to our punter. That's how no, he, no, that's no. how he thought. Well, and and there's different protections, and I don't like that spread punt stuff. Did you guys do that? Have the spread punt where the guys were three yards apart from one another? Yep, yeah, yep. weird to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, so that. so so we we did that, and we practiced something called. Um, well, we always stepped off the inside foot. So whether um, you know the ball's on your inside, he's going to be left right. Or the balls, you know, on the inside on the right side is going to be right left. So right. we always protect the inside because that's obviously the the the, uh, the uh, closest angle to the ball is, is a straight straightaway angle. So uh, we always always took took care of the inside step, and then we, we went from there. Um, we, we you know got out okay. of there really pretty quickly. So we use that a lot, um, especially when guys when they, when the team is good at rushing, we spread them out because if you don't come out with us, then we're going we're going to fake it. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I guess it's good in that aspect, but like I said, it, it was always weird to me because, you know, just the pump protection part of it, I just, you know, it, it was beyond me. I'm a little bit older, so I didn't quite understand the, the whole <laughs> point of it. So. But yeah, I, see y'all got, I, I see y'all got the play up. Yeah, so I, I just I just found it. Well, Spencer just found it. So um, I know for those of you that that aren't watching, we'll we'll tweet it tomorrow uh, with the show. Um, Shane, I want to watch this with you just because I just watched it and I noticed that there's I don't want to call it hesitation, but I kind of want to know what's going through your head uh, during this uh, during the whole play. So uh, it's punt against Alabama, a '93 SEC championship. You go and then you start to run. Did you know from the beginning that you were going to fake it, or was it? something that you once you caught the ball you're like okay i need to yeah no like i said and and uh we had a you know a great snapper uh harold monk was you know a great snapper so when he snapped the ball and it was a little bit off to my right and like i said something earlier in the game a guy came up and almost blocked it from the middle so i i told myself if it's close if any kind of things out of whack if it's not perfect i'm gonna go ahead and take off and run and when I did, you can see I kind of do a little jab step and go out to the right, and then I'm coming up the sideline. Now, once I get to the sidelines, that's when I cut it back and got lit up. And you'll see me at the very end of it. Like I said, when I was pointing at the guy, tell them we're going to whip their ass. It's pretty neat. <laughs> you up out of there, though. I see you, Shane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you might be faster than a mod, bro. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was pretty quick back in the day. <laughs> yeah, my only got there though, you know that. So uh. <laughs> don't just cut yourself, Shane. You probably were. So, all right. So rewind. You uh, and you go, and you have a pretty open field. Um, you know, make a blocker, but then you turn inside, right? You right. could have very easily picked the first down up, but you're just like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep oh, yeah. going. 
Yeah, um, like I said, I'm trying to score. I, I don't. There, there, you go. Ah, there you go. I like that <laughs> mindset. So, you so then you uh, you, you break a tackle, you break you uh, you break a, a jersey pull, uh, and then you get you know surrounded by a uh, a bunch of folks, and you guess I get speared to the ground. Yeah, uh, if, if you'll see right there at the end, I'm pointing at him, telling him, "Hey, this you y'all done." I love it, man. I love it. So, so Shane, after a, a successful, uh, very successful career at the University of Florida, uh, you make it. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. All right, so you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you make it to the NFL, uh, and you have a bit of a, a career in the NFL. But we'll talk to. I guess you played for, um, I guess five different teams, and you played over in NFL Europe for a bit. But talk to us a little bit about your experience uh, in the NFL and and what that was like. Well, you know, it didn't take me. A long time to realize NFL meant not for long. Okay, um, Sam Weish was the coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks when I was coming out of college, and he calls and and I was trying to make a decision on whether to go there, Kansas City or Arizona. Um, I did not get drafted, so mm-hmm. uh, Tampa Bay was giving me a bigger signing bonus, and it was closer to home. And when the coach, the head coach is telling you, "Hey, we got an older guy punting. We're not sure how good he's going to be." Uh, don't know how long it's going to last. We're going to put you on the practice squad and, um, you know, see how it goes. Well, you know, all that sounded really good at the time. You know, that's guaranteed money if they put me on the practice squad uh, because they had a guy named Reggie Roby who's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was pretty good. So, uh, But he taught me a lot, taught me a lot that year. Obviously, I got cut, and then I went to Spain, um, had a really good time over there, uh, great experience. And then when I went to Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh actually allocated me to go to Spain. So I went to okay. Pittsburgh and um, and got cut from there. But their punter got hurt. A guy named Josh Miller got hurt. He had a hernia surgery. So I went up for uh, about six weeks uh, yeah. to Pittsburgh. I had a great time. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then I tried, you know, here and there, uh, New Orleans, Kansas City. And my last year was San Francisco. Um, you know, I got cut in San Francisco my son was born that year, actually, at that time. And then uh, once I got cut, I figured it was time for me to get a real job and take care of the family. So <laughs> I, love it. I love it. So, Shane, I, I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your time in, in Pittsburgh. And, uh, <laughs> I'm and, interested in Barcelona. Yeah, no, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I think you'll like this story. So um, if I remember correctly, I, I saw the clip and it, it looks like it was, I don't know if it was a, a, a bad snap or what, but it looks like you're just about to, to run out of the end zone for a safety on a, on a putt. You're punching out of your own end zone. Um, you're about to run out of bounds and then a player from the Houston Oilers, um, I guess, shoulders you. Um, and then you, you right. and him, uh, I guess you, you start to give him the business. So talk to us a little bit about what happened there. Well, we, um, <laughs> you know, coach, uh, Coach Coward told us, you know, hey, we're going to take a safety. We don't want to get the punt blocked. Just like Ahmad and I were talking about earlier, uh, you don't want to get a punt block and change momentum. So, you know, I got the ball. The snap was fine, but I was trying to waste time. Well, I did. And if you'll notice in the clip, I, I kind of fumble the ball or the ball moves a little bit. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself in this split second, I'm saying if you fumble, you're not getting on the plane or you're not even in the locker room. You're going to be cut before you get, you know, get out of the game. So that's what I'm thinking about. And then when Chris Dishman is the guy that pushes me out of bounds, and he pushes me about 10 yards out of bounds, and yeah. then another guy comes up behind me. No reason for him to be there. You know, he, I get nudged a little bit, and I turn around and see who it is, and um, he gets a right cross to the face. Um, <laughs> so, 
So that starts a brawl. And uh, at that time, it was the most fine game in the NFL because I don't know if you'll remember this or not, but Mike Tomzak, uh, there's a clip on NFL films where he gets drugged by his face mask. Um, you know, regardless, um, the, the yeah. commentary on that video is the best part. Uh, okay. you, whenever we're done, you need to listen to it. It's very good. Uh, I enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, but the guys <laughs> in Pittsburgh loved me. Okay, yeah, they said if this if we got a punter that's going to fight, we love him. Yeah. Uh, I got a standing ovation uh, as I was leaving the field, but uh, I also got a Chris Berman nickname. Uh, the that week that that night, um, Chris Berman was doing the highlights. Of course, he said, "And Shane, don't push me over the edge." Uh, <laughs> back to punt. So. <laughs> I love it. I, I'll be honest. I had heard that story from years ago, but I kind of forgot about it until I was prepping for the show uh, the other day. And, and I don't know, um, but but that's definitely uh, you. You became my favorite punter after watching you throw the. Uh, was that a right cross or so? Yeah, uh, got a couple of right crosses to the solar plexus. Old boy says, <laughs> but I think I'm still the only punter in the history of the NFL since thrown out of a ball game. I was, I was going to ask, the, the list couldn't be long, couldn't be long. Um, Shane, I have a quick question, or I want to talk to you. I mean, obviously, it seems like you're back in Lake City now, and, and your son actually plays for the University of Florida baseball team. Talk to us about what that experience is like to have a, a, a legacy uh, University of Florida athlete uh, in the family. Well, it, it's, it's very special. I mean, um, you know, he's worked his butt off. He went to Columbia High Baseball there. Now, he, he loved soccer. He was all-state in soccer and baseball. Um you know, but he tore his ACL his senior year of baseball, so he really wasn't highly recruited um, to go anywhere. So Coach Wiggs at Santa Fe gave him the opportunity to play there. He did really well his freshman year. I think he hit four, four ten, ten home runs. And uh, after that, you know, Florida started taking notice of him and Coach Sully, and they would come out and watch, and they offered him a scholarship. So um, once he completed his second year, sophomore year at Santa Fe, um, he's now at Florida and it, you know, it's just, you know, he, he always grew up. Obviously he didn't have a chance to like anybody else. Cause if he did, I'd probably kill him, but he, he was a Gator from, from day one. So, um, but it's really neat watching him play in orange and blue. And, and, uh, you know, we played the last season at the Mac where they were 16 and one before the season ended. Uh, so they were very good. And, uh, his first at bat as a hitter, he got a hit. So hopefully yep. this year in the new stadium, um, he'll get a, a lot more opportunity to play and he, uh, I know he's working hard. So, but it, you know, you couldn't ask for him much more, you know, he, we're definitely proud of him. Um, you know, so hopefully he'll get to play a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Shane, we absolutely appreciate you coming on the show this evening and chopping it up about your experience uh, at the University of Florida. I know that you're a fan favorite and a personal favorite of mine. So thank you so much. Are you, you up to much now? Do you do much? I know you do the Twitter thing, but you do much on social media or, or where are you at these days? Yeah, just the Twitter. I, I love, you know, getting on Twitter and aggravating. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had a question to ask Ahmad. Um, kind of aggravated me a little bit, and I wanted to chime in a lot with he and uh, Dan, piece of trash, uh, what Danny Cannell? What, what's old oh, boy's name? Say, I'm not the piece yeah. of trash. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> what's old boy, What's old boy's name? I don't really know what his Danny, name is. Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. <laughs> That's kind of a jab. I knew who he was, but he, he. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of liked the way you kept going back and forth with him. Yeah, he, he, uh, he wanted to talk about his pro career, but 
you know, I had to let people know that it's so easy to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Oh, you just yeah. got to read cards and throw it to the dude, the dude in that circle. Well, actually, not he, play. Probably, he probably threw more <laughs> interceptions than anybody, you know, because so he's got to throw it to the, you know, to the first team defense, right? Yeah, he's, he, he, I looked at his stats. They went pretty good. He just he just had some longevity. Hey, how, and, uh, how did they do against us anyway? I don't remember. I think he, he was on the choke of dope, wasn't he, oh. or something like that? Oh, yeah, don't say that. Good. That was Hell, that was the worst loss I ever had. Yeah, yeah. I was on that that's, team. That's, that's, that's his name to glory, though. So that's, oh, it didn't have anything only, to do with him. No, he said nah. bench, yeah. yeah. It was Rock yeah, Preston no. and, and – uh, you know those guys, and of course we kind of we kind of gave it to them too. I actually thought I'd won that game. There was a, there was another matter of fact. Um, if you have a chance to go look at that game, I put Peter Bowler on his butt that game. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. So, so. That was a high snap, um, and I was going to roll out, and and I went ahead and punted it anyway. Bowler was coming at me, and. Um, you know, I guess he didn't want to hit me for fear of getting a penalty or whatever. So I lowered my head, put him on his ass, um, and then the, the umpire got in between us or whatever. They actually had a hit out on me because we played them again that year, if you recall, in the Sugar Bowl. Um, Clifton Abraham and um, oh, was uh, Tiger McMillan. They played on that team, and they were with me at Tampa. And they told me that Bobby Bowden – had a steak dinner for anybody that could knock me out of the ball game mm. uh, oh. in, in the Sugar Bowl. Because that didn't happen Bounty. either. Oh, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. And Bowler actually tried, but again, for some unknown reason, he stopped instead of hitting me because the whistle blew. So I leaned my head into him, hit him again. So <laughs> I've, ne- I've yeah. never met a punter that was more hated. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Listen, <laughs> listen I'm telling you. Those punters are athletes. They're mean. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, my friend. <laughs> Shane, it was an absolute pleasure getting you on the show. Definitely want to do it again. And uh, congratulations to you and uh, your family and your son. And we'll root for him. And, uh, and thanks so much for coming on this evening. Thanks I appreciate a lot, it. Shane. I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, we're going to do recruiting day today. Big day. Yeah. Big day, Shane. Yeah. Big day. Make got sure some, you got talk about killers. that. That's right. Yo, yeah, absolutely. Sure. We already about to get more into it with Wilt Fong in a second. All right, y'all have a good day. Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk to you. Shane Edge. Yes, sir. Cool, man. That's a cool, cool cat, man. Mm -hmm. Cool cat. But I I, I like to see, I don't know, I got to check his, uh, did he go to the combine? I got to see his 40 numbers because he was scatting a little bit on that that fake. Yeah, I don't don't think he went to the combine, but... (laughs) He, he bent the corner a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, he, he bent he it on two wheels. Depended on it, you know. He's on two wheels, but he got around there. Then yeah. he tried to cut back field. Like, where do you think he going? <laughs> now you get a spody. Nah, you get say spody though. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy used to say that when I was a kid, bro. Yeah, my dad too, bro. Yeah, he's trying to be spody. <laughs> <laughs> You threw me back just then, boy. <laughs> yeah, my boy did try to get Spody and bend the corner right quick and just cut back. Like he, like he do that every every week or something. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, he ain't going to get too many opportunities to do that. So he tried to get to the chicken box quick. 
And our next guest is brought to you by Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys. Hit my man Greg up, 954-589-2204. Auto, home, life insurance, financial services, anything you need. My man Greg got you. Great customer service. I'm a Brunt Insurance customer. Everybody else on the Big 3 roll-up is a customer. Great dude, great business, big coverage, baby. We out here a little bit. Let's hang out with Wilt. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And the first time on Stadium and Gale, we got the crystal ball go himself from 247 Sports, Wilt Fong. What's up, man? What's going on with you? How's it going? No, I'm here. What's up, fellas? Oh, Thanks for having go. me on. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. What's your mentions been like today, man? <laughs> Say what? What have your Twitter mentions been like today? I'm limping today? into your... Hey, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. I, I'm not batting a thousand anymore in the, in, in the Florida market, and I, I deserve the heat. So what do you think changed, man? Uh, you had him. You had my man uh, Marshall Crystal Ball to Miami. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only did I have him Crystal Ball to Miami, but if it wasn't Miami, I had him going to Bama. Hmm. Very good. So what do you think happened? Did you think you got misinformation, or, or did Florida up there the pressment and kind of jump into the last minute? What do you think happened? What are you hearing happen? <laughs> so. I think my information was good on Miami in the moment. Um, I, I think that uh, Miami was, was the one last weekend. I think that Florida was able to rally from last weekend to what I think was Thursday. And, and he committed to Florida on Thursday was, is what I was told. And, and, and then obviously announced it on, on Sunday night. And, and Florida was the program that led for much of the recruitment. Uh, but down the stretch, I was, I was told that, that Miami, when he picked Miami, that Alabama was the other program. And I do think he also was talking to Alabama uh, from between when we thought he was going to Miami and when, when he announced for, for Florida. But, I mean, in a nutshell, he, he ended up choosing the school that, you know, was perceived to be the leader the longest. Steve, did you feel like, you know, Florida or uh, Miami's chances might have been better? better and have better solidified when Leonard Taylor uh, committed or, or did that not factor in uh, to your decision or your thoughts? So I'm just speculating. Um, yeah. but I, I think that he likes, he liked Miami and, and for whatever reason last weekend, Miami was, was the one, mm-hmm. but y'all know y'all have been following recruiting for a long time. Sometimes these things are fluid and, and, yep. and they can change and, 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 and he may have may have said, "Hey, I thought I wanted to go to Miami for a second, but I really my heart's been with Florida the whole time." Yeah, I don't know, um, and, and I think that um, I don't know if everybody around him was feeling Miami either. And so mm-hmm. um, I think when they all got on the same page, you know, Florida was one that uh, everybody was cool with. Um, I love it. And, the great relationship with the Florida staff. They've been there with them a long time. And, and then I, I, you know, I was told that he also looks up to CJ Henderson and, and those two clicked and 
Florida's also a tremendous opportunity for him to come in in the SEC and, and, and make an early impact because, I mean, y'all are running out Marco Wilson and, and, and Kyir Elam this year. If Marco has a great year, you know, Marco may not be back next year. And so then all of a sudden, Jason's got a chance to compete for a role, you know, opposite of Kyir. Uh, but either way, you're playing more than two corners regardless. And I know Florida's recru- recruited some other guys that have some ability, uh, you know, guys that I liked coming out. Um, but um, uh, none of them are as talented as, as Jason Marshall. And, and so Jason Marshall is an instant impact type player at a position where it's not, you know, that's one of the easier positions to make an early impact if you're super talented. What's how does this affect maybe perception of, of Dan Mullins, you know, recruiting or, or Florida as a whole recruiting? I know a lot of people have talked about, you know, maybe Dan Mullen not being the best recruiter or the staff maybe not being chock full of recruiters. But, you know, Florida number sits number six in the country right now uh, with their recruiting class and landing a five star like Jason Marshall. Do you think that this changes perception at all or, or there, is there still some some worry? Well, you broke up a little bit, but I'll, I'll say that it changes my whole perception of, of Florida in a way because um, Florida struggled to close these blue chippers. Y'all know that. Um, like, if you look at last year's class, the top players in the class, Gervin Dexter, they, evi- they won that one on an evaluation. They, they had him, they offered him early and got him committed before everyone knew he was a five-star, except for probably Florida. I think they had him in camp. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they had him, they offered him, and committed him early. They did have mm-hmm. to hold off Georgia late, but they were playing from far ahead. And then Derek Wingo is another super talented player in the class last year that was ranked high, but that also wasn't like your true blue-chip battle in the sense that he was committed to Penn State I mean, Florida should be able to flip a kid they want from Florida that's committed to Penn State. No disrespect to Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then Xavier Henderson, that wasn't a layup recruitment because the the young man loved Clemson and he was and Georgia did a good job, but they had the family tie there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, you know, what was fresh on my mind was all the other recruiting battles that they lost and all the kids that they tried to flip in their state that they couldn't flip and. and and they even lose a talented receiver to West Virginia, even though it was a class that ranked high, it still left some on the table to be like, man, they could have, they could have, you know, done done better than than what they did. And and, and and to your point, like Dan Mullen's obviously one of the best coaches in college football. He maximizes his roster uh, and, and gets every ounce out of it uh, every year. And, and y'all are trending up with the two New Year's six wins and. And, and now hopefully knocking on the door of the college football playoff with, with some of these young men that y'all recruited. But um, for them to go out and, and, and get Jason Marshall in what was certainly a heated recruiting battle and for them to close it and win it in the fashion that they want it, now I can look at like an Xavier Sori who they're recruiting against Georgia and Alabama or Terry and Arnold who they're recruiting against a lot of the same schools and say, all right, I was skeptical Florida could win these before, but now seeing them win one with Jason Marshall, you feel better about their chances for the other kids. What's your overall opinion on my man Collier, Corey Collier, the defensive back that we got committed today? 
man, does anyone have a bigger need at a position in this recruiting class than Florida at safety? Right. Y'all didn't y'all didn't land one in 2019, which is kind of wild. And 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 then uh, um, I like Rashad Torrance in last year's class, uh, but you know, obviously, you see Sean Davis, Brad Stewart, and Donovan Steiner; those are three SEC impact guys. But after that, it's Slim Pickens, right? Mm-hmm. So so to go out and get Corey Collier alongside my man Donovan McMillan, who we love at 24/7 Sports. And then you got some hybrid guy. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kamar Wilcoxon eventually played safety and brings coverability to the safety position. Dakota Mitchell's kind of that swing, that nickel safety type. Uh, and then hopefully, if you're Florida, you you close it with a with a guy like Terry and Arnold, who I think is elite. Uh, I, I think Terry and Arnold should be higher than what we have him ranked. Um, uh, but but Corey Collier, the thing that excites me the most about Corey Collier he's obviously a good high school football player. He's around the ball a lot, uh, breaks passes up, turns the ball over. Uh, he's not afraid to come down and fill an alley, uh, has good instincts. Um, he'll need to, you know, work on his, his speed, but I think it'll come because he's what, what excites me most where I was trying to get to is he's six two. He's 170 pounds is what we had him listed at. He's got a lot of upside physically. And as he gets more powerful, he's going to get faster um, and, and he's already making plays and, and showing, you know, uh, fearless, a fearless style of play um, that, that I think there's some upside there and, and I'm excited. And then you put him next to a guy like uh, uh, Donovan McMillan, who I, I think will be among Florida's leading tacklers several seasons in a row once he gets on the field. That, that's a pretty good duo. And, and then, like I said, you go out and, and try and get a, get a guy like Terry and Arnold to close it out, who has all, first team all SEC written all over him wherever he chooses to go. Speaking of Arnold, what's your vibe on him? Um, d- decision, time frame, and like what, what schools are trending for him? So I have an old pick on Bama. Um, I don't feel as good about it talking to Terry and recently. Um, I, I, I do think Florida and Georgia are, are programs in there. I know he's always liked Jimbo Fisher. Uh, they have a relationship from when uh, Coach Fisher lived in, in Florida and, and Terry knows Coach Fisher's son. I don't know exactly where A&M fits in there, uh, but obviously they're, they're swinging hard. I think those are some of the schools that, that quickly come to mind, um, you know, but everybody's trying to take a swing from, from what I can tell. If, if you're a, a, a big-time program in the SEC, t- Terry and Arnold's a top target for you. Uh, but I think I think Florida's in the middle of that one right now, and I think that him and Sori want to play together. I'm not going to call them a package deal because um, uh, I maybe they are. I, I just don't know it yet. But I, I do know that those two uh, are, are are buds, and and I could see them playing together in college. Hmm. Steve, talk to us about Flores class a little bit more. Um, who are some of the, the people that you really like uh, in Flores class outside of obviously Collier and, and Marshall? Yeah, so I think my favorite player in the class is Justice Boone, um, you know, out of Sumter, South Carolina. He's a guy that uh, started his high school career standing up, and as he's gotten bigger, he moved on to the point of attack, and I just think he has a high ceiling, and I really think that uh, when he gets to Florida, he's going to be a difference maker uh, on the defensive line. I think Nick Elksness is a really good pickup at tight end. Uh, I don't know if you all remember, but I was a huge Kyle Pitts fan. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when you all signed him 
and uh, he's obviously been terrific. Um, I, I think Nick Elksness is going to be a guy that's going to be able to come in and and and, and make an impact uh, when Kyle Pitts' time is is, is done. Um, so so those are two guys that you know really stand out to me that that um, maybe aren't super touted uh, that that I think are going to end up being really good for y'all. Obviously, Marcus Burke's a stud uh, at, at wide out, uh, and then we. We, you guys know where we have Donovan McMillan ranked compared to our peers. That's one yeah. where that's one where I don't have to defend and, and fight the good fight on Swamp Two Four Seven. And and do you uh, do you see foresee any any people that Florida uh, fans are going to need to potentially look out for on the recruiting trail uh, that potentially might be recruited from this class? Uh, maybe you know another school or or any flip alerts that we might need to keep an eye out for. You're saying you're asking me if there's anyone in Florida's class that could get poached. Yeah, that's yep. Are you asking me if I think there's anyone committed to Florida that could be flipped elsewhere? Yes, sir. Y'all there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear us? <clears throat> yeah, I hear you. Okay, so perfect. Are you an old school Larry Johnson jersey. I had some Mudsy Bogues, man. <laughs> gotcha. I said Larry Johnson earlier. I thought it was Larry Johnson too before he got up. Okay. Yeah, uh, Mudsy Bogues, man. So Dan asked if we had anybody that would possibly get flipped from on, on our commit list. So I think that um, if there's no one that's like obvious to me that I, I could see flipping on y'all. I think that you guys will have some attrition in your class, but I don't think it'll be anything that like would be a panic. Yeah, kind of trimming the fat a little bit. How solid do you think uh, my man Leonard Taylor is to Miami? You know, I don't. I mean, obviously, uh, I think that right now, <laughs> you know, I, I, I couldn't call if they're going to flip now or anything. I, I, you know, right recruiting in South Florida especially can get fluid sometimes, but I think that uh, he feels about his decision to play at Miami, which is super close to home uh, where, where, you know, he, he said it several times uh, when he committed, how important it was to play close to mom. And, 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 and so I, I don't know, maybe something will change down the road, um, but I'm not going, I can't, no one's told me that he's on flip watch yet. So, oh, hey, definitely not nothing. Yeah, I just seen how solid was. <laughs> no, I I wouldn't expect that. That would be like a signing day move. I don't see uh, him flipping anytime before then. But we'll see if football games get played, visits get taken. Got a little ways to go. Steve, uh, go ahead. I was about to close it. You got more? No, you're good. Will phone man, I appreciate you for coming and hanging out with us. Will fall. <laughs> Man, thanks, guys. I really appreciate y'all. And uh, I deserve the uh, – uh, yeah, I deserve the smoke on uh, Jason Marshall. I appreciate y'all uh, being good to me. Thanks for having me on. And, and have a good one and hope to talk to y'all soon. Absolutely. All right, nice. man. Sorry we messed up your percentage, bro. Hey, man, nah, th- those are the fun ones. You know, obviously I want to get them all right, but uh, those, are the, those are the fun stories to cover. You know, I don't like missing too often, but – it's, uh, you know, th- those surprises are good, you know. 
uh, for the industry yeah. and, and, and for the fan bases. And, and that was cool. And, uh, you know, I went to the Florida board right away and, and ate my crow and, and, uh, you know, it, it was a good night on on the Florida side at twenty four seven Sports for sure, and and obviously on on social media and with all y'all. But thanks again, and and catch y'all later. All right, man. Have a good one. Yeah. Steve Wilfong, the Crystal Ball God, man. That, cool cat. A lowercase G God now, you know. He's got to earn. Oh, up. don't do my dog like that, Dan. <laughs> man. No, I, um, you know, he stood in the paint a bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny to kind of chop it up with him, but I mean, recruiting is a hundred percent fluid, right? Um, you know, what happens today could change tomorrow, could change the next day. Uh, but all the excitement, then all the excitement is done, right? Yeah. It's done. Not like I said before, whatever they sow all summer. Yeah. That's that's they gotta hold it, you know. What they I'm gotta, saying? they uh, gotta go. They they got to. Hey, games gotta be played, huh? <laughs> the games gotta get played. <laughs> I hope you can still sell that same dream. What's funny? Because well, funny, I, there's some Miami fans that like don't want games to be played because right, they yeah. know that their class <laughs> is gonna only go down from here. Their pinnacle yeah. was like August. Let's see, eighth. Right. I mean, they were dead set that they were going to go five for five or six for six, whatever it is on the Palmetto guys that Jason Marshall is going to commit, that Corey Collier is going to commit. I mean, they were they were completely sold. And uh, imagine August 8th being the pinnacle. We've been there. Right. Um, I personally think that they needed more than than those two. Like, I think if they got one of the two we just got, like us splitting it like this. Then they give us a chance when they lose. If they had gotten all five, we wouldn't get none of them. No matter on the season, I think they would all bonded and stick together. But now there's two yeah. on the other side when Florida's doing good and Miami's sneaking up the place. Yo, man, y'all boys need to come over here. Yeah. And, and, they, and they go to the, to the – look, go be in the locker room talking about, man, y'all boy trash. Y'all going to tell you. that? I'm, I'm telling you, bro, how it's going to be. So you Just vibe out. You got a long way to go. A long way to go. That was a good show, though, boys. Yo, that was a dope interview with Will Phone, man. Got to hang out with the crystal ball guy for a little bit. Absolutely. Before we, before we get out of here, I got to remind the people, manscaped.com, shave those balls, man. The lawnmower 2.0, uh, smooth. You know what I like about the lawnmower 2.0? Tell me. Motherfuckers got a guard on it, like a one guard. Okay. I don't, I, I would like a two guard on it to be honest with you like i don't know which one they, that's a one guard they have on it but if they could give me a two because i don't want to be like baby yeah i got baby, you. you know what i'm saying like uh, two yeah, 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 yeah i just want to buzz yeah, yeah faded a little bit i was just gonna say i want a one two three and four so i can have a fade you know yeah trim up the edge and everything you know you got anyway. more guard i only got one guard i need more guards but shout out to the uh lum more 3.0 not 2.0 <laughs> And this weekend, I shot an a, a, a IG and a tweet, and everybody was hitting me up. Man, you serious about the ball deodorant? Yes, man. The ball deodorant slaps. You don't think you need ball deodorant until you try ball deodorant. That's right. And the spritzer, too. The spritzer's cooling. It's summertime, man. Keep them, bo- keep them boys fresh down there, bro. You know? So shout out to Manscaped.com. Uh, use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Support the podcast. 
That's right. And speaking of supporting the podcast, we appreciate all you guys uh, that uh, signed up on Patreon. I think we had four or five new people join uh, over the last couple of days. So big shout out to you guys. Uh, also shout out to uh, our store, our shop. So stadiumigale.com slash shop. We added a bunch of new merchandise that's on there. If you like any of the designs and you want it on a different article of clothing, maybe you want it on a hoodie, maybe you want it on a hat, maybe you want it on a G-string, all yeah. that. Yeah, yoga pants, uh, whatever you want, tank top, whatever it might be. Uh, just reach out, slide into our DMs. We can modify that and, and get that over to you as well. Do not uh, slide in my DMs about no G-strings. Yeah, slide <laughs> into the story. That's at Uncle Silk with a K. <laughs> um, and then if he doesn't respond, I'll give you his phone number and you can call him um, and send him the pictures that you want. Um, and what's the lawyer? This? <laughs> oh, man. All right, Ahmad, I think that you got the song of the week to take us out. Yeah, man. We're gonna uh we're gonna go pop star featuring Drake. Who's the artist? DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. I'm oh, sorry. very good. All right, boys. Hey man, same corner, same time. Let's ride. Yeah, yeah. Bitches. We the best music. Another one. Yeah. DJ Khaled. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter. Yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs. Ah, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter. Yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs. Ah, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Hey, shorty with the long text, I don't talk. Hey, shorty with the long legs, she don't walk. Hey, yeah, last year I kept it on the tuck. Hey, 2020, I came to fuck it up. Yeah, I want a long life, a legendary one. I want a quick death and an easy one. I want a pretty girl and an honest one. I want this drink and another one. Yeah, and I'm troublesome. Yeah, I'm a Star, but this shit ain't bubble gun, yeah. You would probably think my manager is Scooter Braun, yeah. But my manager with 20 hoes and Budokan, yeah. Hey, look, Ariana, Selena, my visa. It can take as many charges as it needs to, my girl. That shit platinum just like all of my releases, my girl. Niggas come for me, I tear them all to pieces, my girl. I'ma show your sexy ass what relief is, my girl. Please don't take no shit that's about that how you geeking. And I'm not driving nothing that I gotta stick the keys in. Wonder how I got this way, I swear I got the Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs, ah, nah, nah I'm a pop star, not a doctor Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs, ah, nah, nah I'm a pop star, not a doctor I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Watch her, said she rep a whole different block, so I blocked her. Busy at the crib, cooking salmon with the lobster. If we talking joints, it's just me and David Foster. Bodyguards don't look like Kevin Costner, you tweaking. Just pulled up to Whitney Houston, Texas for the evening. They tell the same story so much they start to believe it. The ones that start like Drizzy shit was cool, but we even. Man, how the fuck? Two, four, six, eight. Watch this factory so they appreciate. Crown in my hand and I'm really playing. Keep away. Shit don't even usually get this big without a beat.
keep a face, nah, nah. Piece of cake, nah, nah. Turks and cake, yeah, yeah. Go and get your friends, we can sneak away, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I keep a, like I keep the faith. Wonder how I got this way, swear I got them. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up, nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs, ah, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Bitches calling my phone like I'm locked up, nonstop. From the plane to the fucking helicopter. 